TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you for episode 312 and he is back, the co-founder of The Wellness Couch, Dr. Damien Christoph. We missed you last week. Welcome back to the podcast, Damo. <laughs> thanks, Piercey. Tried to be back and thanks so much for the tribute that you gave my grandfather last week. Uh, it was wonderful. I've had some great feedback about it and... Um, yeah, I look at it, I, actually, I'm listening to myself speak right now, and I, it sounds like I feel uh, that I'm flat, and I am, I'm flat, but just so that people know, I celebrated my grandfather's passing, and we celebrated his life, so it's, it's not a commiseration, and it's not a sad thing, it's sad that my grandfather, who was pretty much my father for my, you know, my, the bulk of my childhood, and even into my early adult life, my grandfather was there, we celebrated it, you know, so it's, um, it's, it's a strange feeling having somebody who you thought was going to make a hundred and be a hundred not out, um, get you know nick one through to the keeper and get caught at ninety nine point nine six. So you kind of go far out. How about that, hey? Oh, there's a lot to talk about here because really your grandfather and for those um, of you listening that uh, haven't heard last week's episode. First of all, where were you? But secondly, um, yes, Damo's uh, papa has passed away, age ninety nine, and um, and we missed Damo last week because it was just it had literally just occurred in the preceding twenty four hours before we recorded, and um, and and like you said, uh, your grandfather's been like like a dad to you for for many many years. Just ninety nine point. How close to one hundred was your grandfather? 15 days. He was 15 days oh, short. Oh, wow. So it really yeah. was. 99.96. Uh, yeah, it really was 99.96. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. So, so he, uh, yeah, okay. he really did. He, he got a, He had a great innings. Um, but oh. yeah, it's, 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 it's a fascinating thing, like the process of saying goodbye. And, you know, it, it was a pretty drawn out process. You know, people might recall that my grandfather, my papa, had a fall. And uh, and then that fall kind of like was the catalyst for a whole bunch of changes in his life. So we went from being very independent into a kind of a rehabilitation facility where he was given only 30 minutes a day of exercise and the rest of it was bed, like put in bed. So it wasn't like wow. he could sit up in a couch and um, and read a book and get up and make himself a cup of tea or whatever else. He had to ring a buzzer and someone would come to his bed. And so they deemed that he was unfit for walking, even though he'd been looking after himself for 99 years of his life. Because he had this fall, he became a falls risk. And so as a result of the falls risk, he was then classified as having to be bed rested. And so he wasn't allowed to get out of bed because they thought he'd fall. And uh, and that basically then rendered his ability to walk um, to zero. And when he got out of rehabilitation, he actually wasn't then able to walk much. So he was very unstable. His feet shuffled and that was a big trip hazard. And um, he then spent the remainder of his days confined to a wheelchair or the bed, um, despite having only less than 12 months ago being um, totally independent, living in his own home. Wow. So it's, it's an amazing thing to watch somebody decline at the rate that which he did. And it's very sad to watch too, but uh, I'm glad he's out of his misery. I'm glad he's with my nana. Um, I'm, uh, you know, we buried him yesterday and he's in the same grave as my nana. So, you know, they were returned to each other, which is just beautiful. And uh, it's it's really a love story rather than anything else. 
So there's obvious, um, yes, sadness at the way that the last 10 or 11 months um, panned out. And, and I remember us recording podcasts at the time of, of when it happened. Now when you... Now that he's now that he reached ninety nine point nine six, is there? Because I'm always curious about this. I always remember Jack Lalane, uh, who was a real longevity crusader in America and a wonderful chiropractor and essentially responsible for opening gyms as we know them um, in the modern world. He said that if he didn't get to a hundred, it would be bad for his image because he was just so the crusader <laughs> of aging well. And I think he died. I think he was in the gym. Like a day or two before he died, and then maybe he died at ninety-seven or ninety-eight or ninety-nine, and you go, oh, he'd be so ropeable right now because <laughs> you know he didn't quite get there. So, where do you sit here in terms of like, um, are you like? <laughs> I don't want it to make it sound precious because it is just a number. It really is. But are you like angry that uh, that there wasn't another fifteen days to actually um, bring up the triple figures? Um, obviously, you know, the focus is there's 99.96, you know, years of, of life and what a legacy he's left. But this mm. might sound like a really moot and trivial point, but I'm curious because this is like the 100 not out story in real life. Like, as the co-host of the podcast, do you go, bugger, like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> nah, I don't. That's I don't. Good. You know That's what's good. interesting is because yeah. there was a lot of people that thought, oh, if he could only have lived another 10 or 15 more days, he would have got there, you know? And I was like, Like, nah, got where? Like, like where? He Where's was, there? yeah. He was in the middle of body line, you know. People were firing bowling balls at his rib cage. They were bowling balls at his head. They were bowling balls at his legs, at his crutch. Like people were bowling balls everywhere, and he's getting hit in the body left, right, and center. He needed to retire. He was retired, hurt. Yeah. And so, um, had he made a hundred, it was no celebration except for the fact that he made a hundred. You know, it would have been fifteen more days of pain. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's exactly right. So, um. You know, I think when I look at 100 not out, yeah, we put that number there just yeah. because it's quite cool to reach 100 when you're playing cricket and you're not out. And and in life, that's and, when you get the letter. You don't get it at 95 or at 97 <laughs> or at 91. or at, There well, is a magic about the number, isn't there? Yeah, well, there, there is a magic, you know, because it seems to be such an insurmountable feat. And uh, But let's put it in context, you know, on the on – the, on the screen yesterday, it had uh, John Rock Kennedy, big photo of him, born 28th of March 1919, died um, 13th of March 19, uh, 2019. So, like, when you see that, you go 1919 and then died tw- in 2019, you go, well, that's 100 yes. years. Yes, yeah. And so you can you can do the maths around it and go, oh yeah, it's just short of a hundred years, but really, this is your hundredth year. Like yeah. it's it's really it's it really is incredible. It's an incredible thing. And you know, he served in the war. He was born just after the First World War. He obviously um, he just did so many things. He was there, watched television come on. He's seen so many different Olympic games. You just think of all the different things. And, and back in those days, if you decided to change your career, you could just change your career so easily. You know, so at one point, um, you know, I think he went to full-time work at the age of 15, um, and one of his jobs was to learn how to become a pastry chef. And so he became a pastry chef and was a celebrated um, decorative pastry chef. Wow. And then, he, um, and then he went to do something else, and then he became a greenkeeper eventually. And then he, uh, I think I might have shared this once before, he went and worked with Monash until he retired at 60. Um, and he retired at 60 and 
he he basically had, had planted the Australian garden at Monash University. So the, wow. the Australian garden that's there at the moment was planted by my grandfather back oh. in the 60s. How's that yeah. for legacy? Yeah. His creation yeah. sits there at Monash. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Tens that's of thousands wonderful. of students have seen that garden that my grandfather planted. And he fought in the Second World War and... You know, in no small part was he responsible for the safety of Australia um, and where we are today as a country. So he's one of those. He's one of those people. And I think particularly around that career as well, I mean, the diversity there, the pastry chef, the greenkeeper, the working at the Monash um, and and then then add add into that representing uh, or or defending his country in the Second World War – Raising children. I mean, the thing that I find fascinating, and you mentioned at the top of the episode, the 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 relationship that you had with your grandfather. For anyone listening that has grandparents or is likely to be a grandparent, just I, I just think it's easy to underestimate the power of the grandparent grandchild relationship. Um, I know yours is different to many because you had an even stronger not dependence, but influence from your uh, grandfather. Can you just share with us how influential Papa was for you in those um, in those early years? Yeah, for sure. Well, I think, you know, from a context perspective, and we went through this in, um, in an interview that you and I did. What was that one? Exceptional, exceptional Life or something. How to create... What was that one oh, we went the, through? Uh, for, I don't know. How do you fly summit maybe? How do you fly yeah. summit? We spoke about it. But essentially, uh, my mum and dad separated when I was seven years old. And, you know, back in the 80s, like seven, seven years old basically meant that I was, I think it was 1979 or 1980 when it happened. And, um, and people just didn't separate. You know, in the Catholic Church, it, was, it just didn't happen. So no doubt there was affairs going on, I'm sure, in people's lives, but people just didn't separate. It was just not the done thing because part of the Catholic Church is that once you're married, you're married. You know, you're there forever. And so in our parish, I think there was two or three other families out of a 1,000 families um, that um, had, had separated or, you know, broken up going through a divorce process. It was so difficult, you know, to get this thing called an annulment. Um, of the marriage. In other words, you had to apply the Catholic Church to be able to, you know, be able to legally marry again. Um, had to send a snail you... mail to the Pope in Rome. <laughs> I, I don't know. Is that what they had to do? I don't no, know. No, but, but it's, it's kind of a, it feels that way, doesn't it, when you think about how hard things used to be? Um, it was so hard and yeah. it was embarrassing for my mum, like incredibly embarrassing for my mum because the whole parish knew that my dad had run off and had an affair. And so that, and that's essentially what had happened. And so, he, and then he continued to live with uh, with Dawn, and she then became my my stepmom. And and so my dad wasn't around for my brother and me much at all. Um, in fact, he lived around the corner. But for whatever reason, at the time, he spent a lot of time looking after my stepbrother and stepsister and his new relationship, but not me and my brother. And so that meant that another man had to fill that space, and that other man was my grandfather and so he stepped into the to fill that void and and so did many other men you know friends of my mum and dad would come around and and take my brother and i to to do certain things you know whether it be go for a bike ride or to 
you know, we, we I think we joined the Scouts and the Cubs so that we could actually, you know, learn some of those skills. And so there was other ways in which we received male influence. But I learned things like shaving from my grandfather um, or I learned how to dig a hole from my grandfather or I learned um, what it meant to measure up twice before I made a single cut so that I, you know, measure twice, cut once kind of thing. And, 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 and ideals around being prepared and making sure that I had everything in the car, you know. Um, he used to teach us, you know, to check the just, – just simple things that your dad might have taught you. That was my grandfather. Yeah, what so, were you going to say? He used to teach you to check the – You know, things in the car. So, you might check, you know, the petrol, the oil. The oil, the water. Uh, the tires, the water. Um, you, 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 you know, you just checked – checked all of these things um, and, and it was just something that he taught us to do, you know, and then he taught us how to change a tyre or and whatever else. He just had this enormous, this unbelievable patience where he would just let us do it in our own time. And I think as a grandparent, I think you have more time for your grandchildren than you do your own children yes. and not because you don't want to have time for your own children but you're busy making their life as good as you can possibly make it as a parent. Mm. And so – I had this amazing opportunity to have my grandfather, who had all the time and patience in the world because he's retired. Um, you know, he was able to raise me. So, if you if you think about wh- how old he was, he was fifty nine years old when my dad left, and so the next year he retired. And then, so then, very much, you know, from basically eight years old, I um, I I had my grandfather to raise me, which was amazing. Wow! And, and so. All of those formative years from seven or eight years old when boys really, really need their dad. I yeah. had had that from my grandfather. And so, you know, it occurred to me yesterday when I was sitting there and I had tears streaming down my face. Um, cause Jack, and Jackson, my son, who he stood up and sang Ave Maria in front oh. of the whole of the congregation. Oh, I got goosebumps. <laughs> Mate. I wasn't just- even there and I got goosebumps. It was amazing. It was amazing. You know, his mum played the piano and he was accompanied, so he was accompanied by his mum and uh, and so Michelle did a great job and Jackson then stood up in front of, you know, a congregation, congregation of 200 and something people, teary-eyed, and he sang Ave Maria in um, just this beautiful, deep voice. It was silky, you know, and so he did that and I, I was just, I was so so proud and as I was watching that it occurred to me and my dad was sitting behind me it occurred to me that my grandfather I'd actually lost my father as 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 much as I'd lost my grandfather if that made sense and I hadn't really thought about that much though I credited my grandfather for so many you know things that he'd done and showed me and taken me in that process and and I hope that my relationship with my dad you know blooms and and improves from now on um, but obviously, it's going to take some time to, to, to make that happen. But who I lost yesterday was the man who raised me and and my grandfather. You know, it's, it's quite a special thing. And to acknowledge that and to be able to see him and, and I saw him when he was still, you know, lucid uh, last Monday. Um, it was, uh, yeah, he was a special man. I've got a big hole in my heart at the moment. Um, but, but I've got just boundless amounts of gratitude for everything that he brought into my world. Wow, oh, I've got I'm welling up at uh, listening to you talk, and like you said, it, there's many layers to it um, across all relationships. You mentioned Jackson, and uh, you mentioned Jackson's mum Michelle, and you mentioned uh, you know your biological dad, but then also the fact that you know you had that realization as you were really farewelling 
uh, your papa that you're really farewelling your father figure, um, which is it's it's powerful. And 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 then then you said you have a hole in your heart. You can <laughs> I can I can only imagine. I can't even imagine really what what that feeling is like. And um, to be able to talk with such grace, Damo, is um, is remarkable considering the the time. Um, just how close we are to it. Um, do you feel that grief is something that is, you know, in my, I haven't really had, you know, the close. I've had, I've had my grandparents pass away, and Sarah's sister-in-law, Chris's wife, Renee, pass away. That was, that was heavy. But uh, grief as a, as a, um, as a process. How do you find it grieving amongst, amongst other people grieving? Oh, that's something that again, I don't think I've ever truly had to experience yet in my life how how do you find that particularly when it's someone so close um everyone grieves differently don't they um you know i've kind of held it together over the last uh week i suppose it's been I, and, and yesterday was my first outpouring of tears and and tear and crying is part of grieving it's not the only it doesn't signal grieving but it's you know it's part of the grieving process and um everyone says oh you gotta let it out you gotta let it out you gotta cry but, you know, that's kind of a reflection on the way in which they might grieve. Um, yeah, you know, and it doesn't mean that I'm not sad, that I haven't cried much. But I'm watching other people in the way in which they grieve, and some people are grieving with um, anger. Some people are grieving with um, other mental health challenges. Some people are grieving with just nonstop talking. Some with um, alcohol. People, some with Alcohol's alcohol. is a big one, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then, of course, that creates other challenges. And so... Um, um, you know, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm acutely aware of, you know, people having different responses to grief and, and, and I'm really happy with, you know, watching people go through their grieving process. And for me, um, there'll be tears and their sadness. And I sat with Amber last night and we sat at a, at our local bar and, um, it's kind of like a little, uh, wine bar and we sat there and had some food and a couple of little drinks and, just you know broke down the day and just chatted about it and what it all meant it was really nice it was good to be able to do that and for me that was a, a great part of the grieving process and but also just about to you know give my mum a big hug and, and cuddle her and um and also to be able to have jackson there and just you know give him a big hug and cuddle him um but then to sit down with my cousins and my aunties and uncles who have you know lost someone that they love and uh and talk about it so for me, this grieving thing is really interesting to watch how some people grieve. Some people grieve by staying away and staying silent. Um, that's harder for me to swallow than any of the other ways in which they grieve, but it's, it's just the way it is. And I, I suppose I'm probably a lot less judgmental uh, than what I ever was in the past, it's just as I you know, recognize the values of, uh, of people who live well. It's, uh, the, the less judgmental you are, the better. Yeah, wise, wise. I have one more question for you, and this came up in the um – in the uh, in the content that that was shared in the last episode uh, around the way that grief occurs um, on the Greek island of Ikaria, and I was asking Thea. Well, well, Thea said it just sticks with me. She said in Ikaria, the funeral's not the end; uh, it's just the beginning. Um, and they have a regular in the Greek Orthodox um, uh, faith. They have a regular. Um, memorial for the person that's passed away and i'm not going to get the numbers correct but you know it's a week after the funeral and then it might be 28 days and then it's let's say um or my 30 days and then 60 days and then 90 days and then a year and then it's a memorial every year do you you know with someone passing away so close in your life 
Um, do you feel like in the in the the family culture that you have that it and, and in many you know Australian ways it's the funeral is it's like it's the one and only it's it is the beginning and the end all on one day. Um, how do you feel like this will play out um, for you and your papa and the way that he'll be remembered over the next um, you know twelve to twenty four months? Well, it's going to be really interesting, mate, because he's the last um, he's the last person in a really, really, really big family to pass away, and so there's a lot of uh, mourning, a lot of grief in the extended family of which there's you know a couple of hundred people um, that are attached to that extended family. Uh, so um, there'll be different ways in which we all remember him. Of course, uh, with his birthday coming up on the 28th, um, the cousins will all go out and have some dinner, and you know that's we, great. You know, have a Guinness together because that's the you know the beer that my papa would drink from time to time, maybe once or twice a year. That was the only thing he'd have. So we'll probably in, I'll probably try and drink one. <laughs> really, <laughs> I don't like the taste of it. Sorry, Guinness, but I just don't like your product. But uh, I know that other people do, um, and so we'll do that. Um, and and so we'll celebrate that. And then on the day that we we're going to celebrate his hundredth, where we'd invited hundreds and hundreds of people to come along. Uh, we will all get together still as a family, and we'll celebrate that day, and that'll be the thirty first of uh, of March. Uh, so coming up in only a few, you know, a couple of days' time. Yeah. Uh, so we'll get a chance to do that, which will be great. And so that'll begin our celebration process. But then, because both Nana and Papa are gone, I suspect that we'll probably all come together for some particular reason, and it may be. Um, on the 31st of March, every single year, we might get together just to celebrate my nana and papa because they were just wonderful people. So it, it may be the case, That's but I don't cool. know if yeah. it will be. But I would, love, I would love to think that we could actually pull that off. Yeah, no, it's great to hear. Oh, look, thanks so much for opening up. I'm I'm, I'm not sure if it's been difficult or easy for you, or um, but in any case, I just want to thank you. It's It's not often you get to speak to someone that is not just so close to having – lost a family member but is able to uh, put it into words in the way that you do. So, thanks for sharing. I've learned a lot and yeah, uh, enjoy is not the right word but I've been thoroughly engrossed in this conversation. So, thanks so much. Thank you so much, PC. It's nice. It's another part of healing and, you know, the grieving process to better talk about it. So, thank you for letting me share that and thank you everybody for listening. <laughs> Hopefully, you got something from it and, uh, and you, you can, you know, hear the sincerity in my voice. I think more than anything, if we can just take from it that when we pass away, and when I say we, you, me, all of our listeners and the rest, um, we'd want to be doing everything we can whilst we're alive so that people talk about us in the same way um, as you have about your grandfather. I think that's really the, the key is that you know all great celebrations of life are a reflection on how the life was lived. Clearly, your grandfather was an incredible man and, and don't doesn't take a rocket scientist to know it because you listen to the way that you speak about him. So... Um, I think that's for me. That's the major takeaway: is mm. you know what are people going to say about about us when when we're gone? And um, your grandfather certainly lived an incredible life. So thanks again, Legend, mm. and um, look forward Sorry. to uh, seeing you in the flesh uh, in the not too distant future. And um, yeah, can't wait to give you a big man hug when I see you next. So yeah, thanks, thanks for sharing. Mate. Thanks, mate. Thank you so much. 
My pleasure to find out more about uh, Damien, folks. Uh, make sure you head on over to DamienChristoph.com for myself, MarcusPierce.com.au. Really hope you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast. If you haven't, please share the 100 Not Out message with friends and family. Show them how to listen to podcasts. Show them by going into your smartphone and pulling up the 100 Not Out podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast for you and your friends and family. Open up a whole new world to them and check out the entire range of podcasts available at thewellnesscouch.com. Until next time, thanks for your company and may the rest of your life continue to be the best of your life. Bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.